Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary from CareNet can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download ebooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. Now let's listen in on what Roland and Vince have for us this week on CareCast. Roland, we are here for another episode of CareCast. Yes, and you're looking awfully tan there too. I, I know. Yeah, ten days in the in the sun. Yeah. In the Florida sun. In the Florida sun. Yeah. That's amazing. It was, yeah. It was good. Lucky you. I'm. I. It was nice. I. Uh, I'm glad I didn't get burned because that's. Yeah. That's a distinct possibility. Well, that can happen with you. I, I turn on the car one day down there, and it, it, the little temperature gauge on the car said it was 109 oh degrees. Oh, my gosh. 109 degrees. Wow, that's just crazy. It was it was a hot one. But you, you do have a cocoa brown. Uh, cocoa, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, I got bronze. I, I'm yeah. bronzed. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. Well, it's a good look on you. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Enough about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah you, you always look cocoa brown, I guess. <laughs> that's I don't know. Right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I, I strive for that. <laughs> yes. That perfect cocoa brown look every single day. Wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, man. And it's eternal. Yes, eternal. Well, yeah, yeah, I love it. So, but here we, I mean, you know, we are back here in Virginia um, at the Karenet office, and it is still very hot here in Virginia as well. Mm-hmm. The summer, summer goes on. And the topics. And the topics are hot. I will yeah. tell you that. Yeah. So you, you talked about this one a little bit in your last life chat, Roland, but I think it's worth us kind of, you know, going over going over here on the podcast as well, which is pretty big article in the New York Times, got the yeah. full sort of treatment on the New York Times website as one of their real featured, you know, prominent articles about how religious leaders, including Christian ones, yes, are are using religious freedom arguments in favor of abortion. Yes. So they're saying that in order for us to have the religious freedom that we deserve to have, or we're entitled to have in the United States of America, we actually need to have access to abortion because abortion allows us to actually carry out uh, important principles in our religion. So there were there were Satanists that were involved in this. Well, well of course. Right. Um, <laughs> but this, the sad and tragic thing yeah, is that there yeah. were some Christian religious leaders that were standing right alongside their Satanist counterparts and making the same arguments. Yeah, and and I, you know it's it's just one of these things. I mean, sure. I mean, you could like the same football team as mm-hmm. the Satanists, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, you could like the Jets. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the, the preferred team of all yeah religious cults. Yes. For those of you who don't know, right. Vinny is a, a big Jets fan. The, He's the actually Jets. wearing a Jets green uh, shirt. I, I am. I, I love am, this shirt. I am yeah. a Steelers fan. Yeah, the, and God's team. <laughs> God's team. There's America's team, is the Cowboys, and there's God's team, and then the there's the Jets. Yeah, and then there's anyway, the Jets. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We probably lost our whole New York Jets audience, I right? Which hey, is, hey. I think it's just your family. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're the four people who watch the Jets every year. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you, you certainly, I'm not saying that, that when you and someone who's on the other side of the extreme agree that there's like inherently something wrong with that. There can be things where you overlap. Right, absolutely. But if it's something that's a spiritual or moral issue, something like yeah. that, and yeah. you are a Christian pastor, yeah. And you are, and, and and a Satanist, you guys are aligned right. in the same article. Right, 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 right. That should give you pause. Yeah. And and it, and, and the the reasoning that they're using is yeah. so eerily similar. Yeah. The the language that they use to sort of justify their position on the issue bodily autonomy. 
and yes. choice yes. and freedom and these like these buzzwords uh, that are being used, frankly, in in a in our culture in sort of more of a secular sort of setting, and which is where the Satanists sort of kind of pick that up and try to spiritualize it, I guess, to a, to a certain extent, and really kind of a, in a mockery. And a very self-aware mockery, I think, of yeah. spirituality is I kind of think where kind of the Satanists would yeah. would, would fall. Uh, but then when you, like you said, when you see a Christian leader actually using that same exact language. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the same thing, and, ha- and having the same perspective. I mean, one of the more disturbing quotes was from a senior pastor at Cole Gabriel's Congregational United Church of Christ. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what she said was, and I'll just read it directly, she said, we believe God is the source of life and has caused us to share in the work of creation. The privilege and responsibility of being part of co-creating means women have the ability and the wherewithal to make the decision that's right for them. So the ability and the wherewithal to make the decision that's right for them. Now, in that quote, I mean, now, you know, there's there's so much there that you can kind of unpack. And we can talk about some of that. I mean, it starts off right. Like many truth statements do, obviously, or things yeah. that are deceptive rather do. Right. They start off like with something true. It's like always. Pull you in, really yeah, in. It's, it's, the, it's the candy coating around, you know, the shards of glass, right? Right. So we believe that God is the source of all, all life. Okay. Check. Check. We're, We're good. with you on that one. And has caused us to share in the work of creation, uh, now you're starting to kind of drifting a little, drifting a little there, and it goes further. The privileges and responsibilities of being a co-creator. So that's where you get a problem because women are not co-creators. Right, 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 right. With God, no. When it comes to children, no. We're not co-creating, right, at all. I, I think the great analogy is somebody hands you a seed, right? Yeah. You put it in your garden. Yes. A plant grows and you yeah. say, I created that plant. That's right. That's no, right. You no, yeah. you didn't co-create. Yeah, 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 yeah. The thing that's so interesting about this is that actually exposes the ideology behind all of this. Right, you know, right. that that's really the perspective that they have, that we are co-creators with God. We're not co-creators right. with God. It's kind of like we're a solar panel. Right. And God is the sun. Right, 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 right. Right. <laughs> right? So you put a solar panel on your house to warm your house. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. But the solar panel doesn't create Mm-hmm. The energy, right, right, right. It reflects the energy that's already created. That's right. So it's not actually co-creating the energy. Right. The energy's already created outside of it, outside yes. of itself, and it's it's just capturing. It's that. capturing. Yeah, so yeah. there's a source, yes, yes, yeah, and then there's a resource, right, right. That's so right. the sun is the source, and now the solar the, panel is the resource. Is the resource. Yep. God is the source of life, and we are a resource that mm-hmm. God uses to bring life into the world. Absolutely. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And so that perspective really takes you to a, to a crazy place. And I think one of the other things that you got to raise the question about if you have that perspective is men, right? Mm-hmm. Right. If women are co-creators of life, then men are co-creators of life too. And therefore should have an equal say, should they not, an in the abortion say? decision. Yeah. Shouldn't they? An equal yeah. say. And right. these folks right here who would have this perspective are out there, the my body, my choice folks, who are basically saying, no, men should not have an equal say. Well, wait a minute. If if women are co-creators, right, there's not a child that comes into the world without there being some other than Christ. And we don't know how that happened with Christ other than mm-hmm. in terms of the reality of what happened after mm-hmm. conception, I mean, before conception, rather. But for any child that's been born in this world has come because there's been a contribution of a woman mm-hmm, and a contribution of a man. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you're saying that, that contribution of the woman makes her the co-creator, then the contribution of the man makes him the co-creator. But it actually mm-hmm. gets worse than that, Vince, mm-hmm. because you're, you're also saying that the woman is sort of the preeminent co-creator. 
Right. So it's right. not 50-50. Right, 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 right. Because right. everything that's happening inside of the woman, right, yeah. Yeah. Which, which God has created, that mm-hmm. process, mm-hmm. is moving to bring the child into the world. Right. Unless God says no, and then, you know, those mm-hmm. things happen, right? right, with miscarriage and other things. But in the, in the normal circumstances, in the vast majority of situations, everything that's happening in her body mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is designed to bring the child into the world. To conceive and then bear, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And with abortion, the woman's saying, "Yeah, I know that's what you want, God, but mm-hmm. yeah, right. I overrule you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it actually doesn't make it makes the woman like be preeminent, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that God is a lesser God, right, right, to the woman, right, because who has the final say? Right. When she chooses to have an abortion, when, she's overriding, like you said, what the, the natural course of that pregnancy. Yes. Is is for obviously for the child to exactly, be born. And, yeah. and that brings us back to the whole conversation about Satanists. Right, 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 right. What was Satan's issue? What did he want to do? He wanted to tell Eve that she could be like God too. Exactly. And yeah. what was the sin that got him thrown out? He said that he could be like God too. In other mm-hmm. words, right. he wanted to overrule God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He convinced Eve that she could overrule God. Right, right. And that is the source of sin. That's mm-hmm. actually what sin is. Sin right. is when you say. Eh, yeah. Not so much. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Trying to operate outside of God's boundaries, laws, you know, all of these things that that are that God provides for us to protect us, to help us, yes. to help us, you know, be close to Him, to live a spiritually abundant life, and that's why we love yep. to use that word abundant, right? Absolutely. Because that, an abundance in our life comes from following God, obeying God, um, being in alignment with with His will, and like you said, sin is when you kind of walk outside of that. Yes. Um, and, you know, in the, in the case of abortion, um, when again, when you have Christian leaders and, and, you know, Satanists sort of saying the same thing, like you said, it really points to a, the same exact spiritual reality, which yes. is that we are our own gods. Absolutely. Right? Um, and we get to make these decisions for ourselves. Um, it doesn't really matter what God, God, I'm, I'm putting yeah. that in air quotes, you know, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really matter what God says because... You are yes. equal, if not greater, yes. than him. Yes, and, and it's, <laughs> it obviously creates heartache, pain, all, all kind. Obviously, death. Yes, because the unborn child is dying um, every time there's an abortion. Right, yes. the unborn child dies. Um, and again, these are all the things that we, especially Christian leaders, yeah, should know. I mean, it's all throughout Scripture where the warnings about what happens when disobedience comes in. Absolutely. And having that perspective that we know better, we know better than God and that we are God, which is really kind of what what this whole perspective is about. And, you know, as you know, one of the key things that we've been doing here at Karen, it's certainly over the last year or so, we've really been talking about this need for reaching um, Christians who profess to be pro-choice. Yes. And this article is a perfect example uh, of that kind of situation and why there's such a need Mm -hmm. and, frankly, a ministry requirement for us to reach those uh, Christians who have wandered from the truth, I think, as, mm-hmm. as it says, I think, in the book of James, that, you know, we want to bring those people back with love and with information and with mm-hmm. perspective. We want to bring them back to the truth, those who've wandered from the truth. And, and in order to facilitate that, that's one of the reasons that we kind of developed this booklet, mm-hmm. is the pro-choice position consistent with the life and the teachings of Jesus. Right. 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 To really kind of unpack mm-hmm. that perspective, because there are many Christians 
many Christians, way too many Christians, Mm -hmm. who have a pro-choice perspective and who have not kind of, in our view, kind of thought through this issue, through Mm -hmm. the life and the teachings of Christ. And Mm -hmm. so folks can actually get access to this this resource uh, directly from CareNet in order to kind of understand that. Yeah, we'll we'll list the link to where you can download that ebook for free from our website. We'll list the link in the description of this podcast. And if you actually want to buy hard copies of the yeah. book as well. We're selling that in packs of 10. We'll also put the link there where you can you can buy the hard copies. And Roland, this book is so important because, you know, here at Karen, we we don't like to sort of like go over old ground over yeah. and over again. And and I'm sure everyone that's listening has probably is probably saying to themselves right now. I mean, I've I think I've heard pretty much every biblical sort of perspective around the life issue. But I assure you this book is is unique. Um yeah. I you know, I think one of the things that one of the Bible verses that people, you know, typically point to when they're trying to make the case for life is, you know, you you uh, you form me yeah. in, in my inward parts. Yeah. I was formed in my mother's womb. You know, yeah. the, the, Psalm one thirty nine. Psalm one thirty nine. Yeah. You, you know, and um, we don't. Psalm one thirty nine isn't even mentioned at all in this book. Yep. Our idea was like, yes, you've heard Psalm one thirty nine being used a million times yeah. about why, as a Christian and somebody who believes in the the Bible to be true, why you should be pro life. So we promise you yes. that we don't go over all that same ground again. And there are others, too, where folks kind of typically point to yeah. a few very common and great, great Bible verses that are in support of the life issue. But we said, you know what, let's, let's, look, at the, let's look at Scripture as a whole. Yes. Let's look at some biblical principles that yes. actually point to life. Um, so, for example, I mean, I just love how you did this, how you laid out how the Great Commandment and the Great Commission yes. actually make amazing cases for life. And these are things that are right from the mouth of Jesus himself. Because yeah. that's another argument that you hear pro-choice Christians making, yes. which is that Jesus never said anything about abortion, so yeah. therefore he must not have had a problem with it. Which, of course, is kind of crazy, because there's a lot of issues that Jesus didn't directly yeah. address, but you can sort of infer that he probably had a problem with those things yes. based on everything else that he said, right? <laughs> that's right, <laughs> that's right. right. Um, and so... And abortion is one of those things, right? Yep. And you could just tell, obviously, from the principles that Jesus espoused through his life and teachings, the Great Commandment and the Great Commission being two of those, that clear, these are amazing cases for life. And I don't think until I heard you say that, I ever heard a, a Christian, from a Christian perspective, somebody saying, the case for being pro-life is in the Great Commandment and the Great Commission. This is a, this is a first for me, and so we're hopeful that it's a first for other folks as well. Yeah, I appreciate that, Vince, and I really uh, believe that was a download from God, and I really, you know, was really very focused on, you know, trying to have a perspective that was from the words of Jesus and the life of Jesus, because you know, folks are red-letter Christians. Like, if Jesus didn't say it or whatever, then right. Yeah, I mean, it's not the right biblical perspective. But okay, we're going to play in the field that you've laid out. So, okay. if yeah. you want something from the words of Jesus and the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done it. Here so yeah. I encourage you to get the download, uh, share it with others, get copies of that book uh, from our resource centers, and there'll, there'll be a link to be able to help you connect there to pass this out. Because yeah. I really believe that that uh, a key mission field that we have uh, to address is, is folks in the church who are pro-choice. In fact, I, I'm going to say this boldly. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's our, our biggest mission field. And the reason I say that, and I'm, and, I, and I'm really a primary mission field, the reason I say that is from modeling what Christ did. When Christ came into the world, there were truckloads of social issues that he could have addressed. I mean, what was happening with Rome and the treatment of well, There's all these different issues and all these different places he could have gone. But what did he do? He started with the church 
of Jerusalem. He started with the Jews. In other words, he started with Jerusalem because until you reach Jerusalem, you can't reach Samaria, Judea, and the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, I really believe on the life issue, we have sort of the same challenges. We've kind of been out there trying to kind of convince the world around the life issue in large measure frankly, in, in very significant segments, we've lost the church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. if you're going to fight a battle and you want to put the full armor of God on and you're going to crash the gates of hell that abortion represents, you got to make sure that your army, that they're not wearing skinny jeans and sundresses. <laughs> right? you got to make yeah. sure your army right. is equipped. Yeah. And yeah. so we really believe very, very strongly that we need to strengthen the army, which is the body of Christ in the church, mm-hmm. so that folk are pro-abundant life and they know why they're pro-abundant life and their pro-abundant life uh, perspective is linked mm-hmm. to the words and the life of Jesus, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's the most durable, rooted in biblical principles. Rooted in biblical principles. And again, principles. not to knock certain Bible passages, but yes. you don't want to be rooted in a yeah. line from the Bible, yes. right? You want to be rooted in all of Scripture, and that's what we try to do with this book. Oh, absolutely. And, and the Great Commandment and the Great Commission, those are the two bookends mm-hmm. of our faith. Yeah, the two bookends of our faith. So yeah. uh, I don't want to kind of take more of the thunder from that, but mm-hmm. I encourage you to kind of read that booklet, go through it, pray through it. And then I think also it's the kind of thing, the way that it's been written, that you could give to someone in your family, uh, maybe even a spouse, one of your kids, maybe that you even save from abortion mm-hmm. that has a, that, that professes to be a Christian and says, hey, I'm a Christian. Say, well, consider it from this perspective. Have you considered it from the words of Jesus and the life of Jesus? And we walk through a, mm-hmm. a series of four key arguments mm-hmm. that I'm pretty likely that you that you haven't heard before, mm-hmm. but uh, that are pretty compelling. Yeah, and, and we just want to encourage you to do that. So yeah. that that's what we're about. And yeah. so we encourage you to do that. Absolutely. So yeah, like I said, well, those links should be listed in the description for this podcast. We try not to do things, you know, arbitrarily yes. here at, at Karenet. And like you said, Roland, there's there are so many compelling reasons why we, we're focusing on this particular thing. There have been so many articles and perspectives and surveys and polls that have come out, especially since Roe versus Wade got overturned, which is about a, about 14 months ago now from where we are today, that have really shown that there are is a significant yes. number or and percentage, I would say, of Christians who are pro-choice. Yes. Um, and they sort of have come out as pro-choice, so to use that term, um, when Roe versus Wade got overturned. Yep. It was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back, I think, for a lot of Christians. So it's very prominent. We know that probably somewhere around half of the abortions that take place in the country are among church-going yes. Christians. Yes. Um, so abortions are happening among Christians, and abortion is being supported by Christians. Yes. Um, this is not some isolated yeah. sort of weird thing that we've decided to zero in on. This is It's out there. It's big. It's prominent. The New York Times is talking about it. Um, lots of folks are talking about it. And and, and absolutely. And, and you have folks in your family, in your community, in your church. Mm-hmm. And, and I would just encourage you, you have a mission field right mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And that we're called by Scripture, that if we have brothers and sisters who have wandered from the truth, yeah. that we are supposed to lovingly reach them. Mm-hmm. And so this gives you an opportunity to do that. And there's, frankly, no issue, in my view, that, that it's more important for us to do that yeah. than the fundamental issue of the issue of life and yeah. protecting the most vulnerable among us, which are uh, the children in the womb. Yeah, so absolutely. there you go. 100% Ron. Thank you so much for that. Okay. We hope you enjoyed this episode of CareCast. For more Pro Abundant Life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, ebooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro-life passion into pro-abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.